Welcome to Institutionalized, living after deconstruction and promoting mental health. I'm your host, Josh T, and each week we'll dive into interesting topics and bring you stories from fellow travelers on the road of life. In this raw, accepting, and sometimes hilarious space, we'll ask the questions we weren't allowed to ask, challenge norms that keep us stuck in the past, and actively listen to perspectives that might be different than our own. And if we listen carefully enough, we might learn something that helps us love ourselves and our neighbors better. This is Institutionalized, living after deconstruction. Hey, welcome to Institutionalized. I'm here at my dining room table with my beautiful wife, Abby. Abby Lee, how are you today? I'm good, Josh. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well myself. Uh, this conversational space kind of feels like home. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, it does. It feels kind of comfy, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> Cozy. Abby, you are a experienced veteran, so to speak, uh, as the partner of someone who is, I don't know, could be described as a serial deconstructor. Uh, has that been hard? say it's just been a whole learning experience um it's had its ups and downs but I think we've both grown a lot from it there's absolutely no doubt that we've both grown a lot from it and you know sometimes I think that you know people who are born into certain religious denominations or you know especially legalistic ones it becomes the norm that your faith stays static and your spiritual growth stays static because you already have the answers and the theology and the apologetics and all that stuff. And there's kind of a, at least I went through a sense of like, I needed to ask the questions myself and kind of unravel a little bit before I could even consider building a spiritual foundation. I don't know where I am now, but like, that's kind of like how it was. Did the unraveling start to you start for you before we got together? Or was it around then? No, I, I think it really began when we started having kids. Mm. But I'll go back to when we were dating. You did tell me that you um, didn't know if you believed in God or not. And yeah. you were wondering if it was okay with me. And, you know, at that time, all I had to do was look in your eyes and look at your smile I'm glad you did that instead of think about the verse, uh, <laughs> be not unequally yoked <laughs> together with unbelievers. Um, yeah, I guess uh, we were we were so young. I don't think I took my beliefs that seriously. Mm. Well, I'm glad you didn't take them that seriously and were open to dating someone and eventually marrying someone who had no freaking idea what was going on. So tell us a little bit about the early years and, you know, the process and what was going on. Well, the early years, you worked at a Christian college. Yeah. So we had to go to church, tithe, the usual Christian school kind of thing. Records were kept of our tithe and attendance. And yes, yes. I was scolded, if not. Yes, scolded by the president of the college, but that's... <laughs> that was the beginning of the end for me and uh, church even, I would say. 
it was normal routine for us to go to church. So we just just went about our lives, you know, in you know, the beginning of our marriage. It's just, you know, regular honeymoon stage. And then eventually we started having kids. And they don't change anything, do they? Oh, they do, actually. <laughs> well, it did for me back then. And when I realized that your um, opinion of God or church or what you believed in wasn't going to go away, like I, it really scared me because just the way we were raised or, you know, what we were taught in church, I was scared that something was going to happen to our kids because mm. you didn't believe in God or God was going to punish our kids in some way. That's fascinating, especially since we kind of grew up in an environment where of generational curses where, you know, the children will reap the, ben the repercussions of the sins of the father. I mean, all the way back to Adam and Eve, the first original sin that we are somehow born into responsibility for that. And that's, that's interesting source of anxiety, right? They're thinking that your kids are going to be hurt because of your unbelief or anything yeah. like that. That's scary. Yeah. It, it, it actually made me angry that you wouldn't just, just let go and, mm. you know, like, like believe in God and, you know, it's easy. Just believe in God. You know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So like our kids, <laughs> as if it's, it, it's like belief is some kind of choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can choose to let go of things, but you know, there's, it wasn't as easy for me to believe in God or the God of the Bible, especially, um, in my early twenties, I would say that's when it started. Uh, and it just seems so easy for everyone else. Like even like prayer, like people saying that God spoke to them or like, I never had any back and forth in prayer. I never had any. And so I thought that I was like weird or there was something wrong with me because it was so easy for everyone else to believe. And I wonder if like the OCD in me, like kind of made me like settle, you know, focus on that. Like, why is it so hard for me? Maybe I'm just lost. Yeah. And, and it's, it's weird that I didn't even think about that kind of stuff myself where I didn't really feel like God spoke to me in any way, but you know, I would get emotional mm. during a song or something. And you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I even remembered if any of my pray prayers were ever answered, but I still, it was just the way I was brought up. You know, I prayed regardless, you know, yeah. pray, you know, for whatever. And it's just what you do. Yeah. And um, an emotional experience is so human. Like it's so, and it feels good. 
you know, therapeutic and stuff like that. But like, there's such a difference between an emotional experience and a religious experience. And I think that where we come from, those two things were convoluted together. Yeah. You know, we got our emotions preyed upon pretty hard. Like it was all, it all, you know, it got to me where church felt like a setup. Mm-hmm. Like, like we're gonna, like I'm back at church camp and we're getting ready to have cry night again or something. Altar calls. I just, I just can't with altar calls. And especially those high pressure ones where they're like, is there anyone in here that, you know, may not know Jesus? And is there anyone in here that knows someone that may not know Jesus? Is there anyone in here that knows someone that knows someone that knows someone that may not know Jesus? Come forward. Is there anyone that here that just wants to pray for our country and you're just feeling burdened? Is there anyone here that has a friend who's struggling? Is there anyone here that knows someone who's sick? Is there anyone here who wakes up tired in the mornings? It's like, goodness gracious. Now we're all down front. We're all crying and we don't even know why. And it's just, it made my head want to explode sometimes, you know? Yeah. But I, I never, I never went forward, actually. You were one of those hard to get. <laughs> yeah. I can vouch for that. Uh, no, it's, I just, um, I was probably too insecure at that age anyway. I didn't want anybody looking at me. You never wanted to walk in front of people right. for some reason. Yeah. 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 That's, that's how, that's just the devil right there, just keeping you in your seat and missing the blessing. That's right. <laughs> I'm not cutting that out. Okay. I'm just not. <laughs> Joshua. What was, what was the, you know, we had some disagreements and some tensions and, you know, we were kind of like starting from ground zero. Like we weren't going to just adopt even the parenting strategies that our parents had with us. You know, we were going to, we decided to view our kids as individuals and, and try to base everything in our parenting strategies on what they needed as people. Um, what were some points of contention do you think that me and you had or some, uh, some tension when it came to belief system? Well, um, like I said before, the you be- not believing in God. And so as you are the head of the house, you know, if you don't believe in God like, um, I don't know what I was thinking, but I guess like our kids wouldn't believe in God. Yeah. And then I was worried that, you know, who are they going to pray to when they're going through a hard time when they're older? Um, they need to go to church, you know, just like we did. Yeah, you there's know. like a, like socially, that's kind of how you socialize your kids in the South, you know, in the communities. Oh, yeah, they need to the be church. with Christian friends. Yeah. Yeah, so it was just a a change so completely different than how I, how we were raised. And not that we don't have the utmost respect yeah. for both of our parents. You know, we just I guess we eventually decided that you know, that's not the way we want to raise our kids. You know, we we went into this marriage not knowing anything. Oh, we were such babies. You were 21. I had just turned 22. You just yeah. turned 21. I just turned 22. Yeah, and um, we 
we decided that you know they, they need to search for themselves and they don't have to be spoon fed on what they should believe mm. or who they hang out with was it nerve-wracking letting go of some of those things like we went to church for probably about five years i would say during yeah uh, during our marriage marriage. and then for the last 16 years we haven't really gone and uh was it nerve-wracking making those changes I mean, you already yeah. said yeah, you were yeah, scared. How, was, how, how did you heal from that? Like, how did you... Uh, I had to let go. Mm. I, I saw what it did to our marriage. And, like, there was a, a tension there. And I, I saw myself judging you and really placing blame on you. Like, if, like, something happens to our kids... You know, mm. it's because of you. So, and I, I, that was interesting because I was kind of like one of the reasons why I had such a hard time believing that God was omnipotent and in control of everything was like, if something happens to my kids, yeah, I blame God. Yeah. Like he's in control. If, if he's responsible for the good stuff in the world, then he's responsible for the bad stuff in the world. And I don't know how I would get over that. Yeah. And so, that is actually one thing. One of the things that made me start thinking about what I believed in, because mm. when you said, if God is in control of all the good things that happen to you, he, you know, he has to be the one who's, you know, doing the bad things. Or at least looking the other way when he could step in. Yeah. And I didn't want to accept that. That was too hard to accept that God would be causing the suffering. That's a tough, it's a really tough question. I'm going to try to get a preacher to come on here and talk about this at some point. Yeah. Like somebody that is really well read in this. I definitely want to get an agnostic on here. I want to get a bunch of different people on here that, um, have, you know, different ideas on, on some of this stuff and have discussions and have debates. But that was one of the hardest ones to ever or for me to really reconcile and then once I started thinking that it was like I started questioning the doctrine of eternal conscious torment and hell you know heaven and hell I started questioning um you know specifically like those hard questions that we were talking about like original sin that was a big one I just don't think people are just bad and just bad by nature I think we're both good and bad we were created yeah. good in in the first place if we were created at all yeah. you know like i just don't see just horrificness in humanity yeah. on a scale that should be if we are just naturally bad yeah. you know and you know the god of the bible like if we believed um in that god like why would he create something just to destroy it yeah. when he gave us free will in the first place? Like, and he said that we were good too. And this isn't an easy problem to solve. It's a mystery. It is a mystery. So if someone gets the mystery or the riddle wrong, or they didn't get it perfectly right, their doctrine and their theology wasn't like right in line with how it really is or how the universe really is, they're lost. And 
that is unjust to me. Like, I've heard God is just, I've heard God is love. It's unjust and unloving. So like, where, you know, where do you go from there? And then that, all these threads start getting pulled. Yeah. And then you realize, you know what? We're on our own in this little world with our little village around us. And we're going to have to figure this out for ourselves. So how has your faith changed during all this? And where, where do you stand now? I would have to say that I, I, I believe that God is in all of us. Um, I see God in just everything in life. I see it in my girls, mm. how smart and beautiful they are. Like that didn't, that didn't come from, you know, me or you. I feel like something better, <laughs> something greater. There's, some, there's a divine spark within them. Yes. I love that. I think yes. I, I read that in Richard Rohr's book, uh, The Universal Christ, about the divine spark. Yeah, and like you said earlier, I believe that we're all capable of, you know, good and bad. We have the choice to show God within us. Mm. And we also have the choice to show the evil, dark parts of us, too. Yeah, the selfishness, the malevolence, the resentments, the... And then, you know, when you say, when I hear you say God within us, like, what do you mean? What, What do you mean by God? What is that spark? That's a good question. It is a good question. That's part of the mystery, isn't it? It is. I mean, I really feel like like love is what matters in this whole thing. I think love is what pushes us to be better. And Mm. it's a choice every second of every day, whether you want to show love or show that nasty, ugly side of yourself. And I think that we could... We can go both ways on that. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, I think that's where that free will comes in. That's, we have the free will to choose one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we're all, we're just sitting here <laughs> trying to solve the mysteries of the universe at our kitchen table and our dining room table and figure all this stuff out. If you could go back to the beginning and tell yourself anything to kind of prepare yourself for this journey, what would it be? I wish I knew that I have no control over you what you believe in, how you think. Like, it's, I think that we should all just realize that we only have control over ourselves and what we know to be true and what we believe. Like, it's okay that you're different. It's okay that I'm different. And that's what, pushes us to grow to be yeah. better people I remember that book that we read Us by Terry Real it, he talks about how the most healthy relationships have a 70% differential and 30% similarity on a lot of things like there's certain things core values and beliefs and beliefs about relationship your relationship and how you design that and all that kind of stuff that are going to need to be agreed on right but like being okay with those differentials is where the magic happens because that's where the balance is. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It pushes you to have deeper, real conversations. Mm-hmm. And we've had some deep ones. And yeah, we have. And I think it all started when you started questioning God and, you know, letting me know that that's something that's important to you and that you weren't going to let it go. Yeah, I think the search spiritually um, and like I have to, there's something in me that, and I think that there's part of a mistrust of authority uh, Mm -hmm. in there because, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, there was just so much everybody didn't know. Oh, yeah. And there was so much that was preached at us as fact. Yes. By people who were ended up being pedophiles or like deviants, like yeah, preachers. But there are there are good there are. people out yes. there. There are good pastors out there. Well there's no doubt that there's a bunch of good ones. But when you you know, you're at a church where there's like it's like over and over again because we hosted all those conferences and always had these outside speakers yeah. all the time. Yeah. And you know, as an abuse survivor when you see these things happen over and over again, it really just, I mean, it makes you question authority. Yeah. Like these people who are supposed to know things and teach me things and keep me safe are really just spouting off a bunch of their opinions and trying to legislate or dictate the morality and actions and behaviors of their congregation and everyone is different like that's Mm -hmm. that's something that i really struggled with i struggled with the fact that everyone is different and within our church body we don't accept some that are different in certain ways yeah 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 i think if we all kind of took that and realized that we can't control other people so there's no point in trying uh it would make all our lives a lot easier Yes, we are all entitled to our own opinions and beliefs and without any type of backlash. You know, it's interesting in this country, it's like people don't even know how to disagree anymore. I know. At least that's what we see like all around, like on social media and everything else. Like people can't have just a conversation where they just disagree on some stuff without declaring that they know the absolute truth or whatever. It's it's very... Uh, it can get exhausting in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, um, I think that's what this episode is about, isn't it? Like, I, I think that I was too, um, afraid of change Mm. and it caused, you know, you even more pain because I would push my own beliefs onto you and, begged you to just quit thinking the way you were thinking when I could just let you be you. And then I'm a Mr. Don't tell me what to do. Like <laughs> buck up against <laughs> authority every time. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad combination, but it's also balance. Yeah. But, but I did see that, um, you know, you would go into deep depressions, sleep a lot just because of these battles that you're having in your mind and I I could see that you're suffering you know I think it would just I felt like I wasn't in the club 
you know? And then I was depressed about it for sure. I was, uh, I would lose sleep over my questions. Yeah. I would want to stay up late reading or watching a podcast or listening to a book and, and I, and with my OCD, sometimes I get locked in and I didn't realize this until recently, you know, once when I got to the point where I needed help mm-hmm. and weighed 135 pounds yeah. and was, felt like I was slowly losing my mind and everything and everyone around me. And I finally went to the hospital and was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and OCD and an anxiety disorder got on the right meds at about two months of group therapy and, uh, seeing a psychiatrist and all that kind of stuff. And I I was sick like for a long time, but a lot of this stuff, a lot of the things that came up when I really lost control mentally, um, were things that just ate at me, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm-hmm. from the past and I think deconstruction there is a mental health recovery from indoctrination or changing your belief system or even asking the questions mm-hmm. honestly you know I wrote in my novel institutionalized uh shameless plug often the people who love the depressed are worse off than the depressed themselves and a lot of that was like seeing how it affected you and some of my mental health struggles at times, like what got you through it? Like what, what gave you the strength to be like the rock of this house? (laughs) Uh, First and foremost, I just wanted you to get help. But I think that um, I had to let go myself I had to let go of what I thought I didn't know how to help you so I had to just let go and when I let go I was you know okay I accepted what was and then um, you eventually um, ended up getting help yeah you know that's one thing is like people try to like diagnose mental health crises yeah. all the time and help someone get through it by giving them platitudes or, and this is the problem. The biggest problem in the Christian community is just give it to God. It's such a, Hey, we have the cure all for all mental health problems. Well, sometimes your brain is disordered, yeah. you know, and you need actual help or medication mm-hmm. or there's things that you need to work out in therapy and, that's something that I really wanted to talk about in this podcast is how can we get away from just relying on religious sources and actually recognize the brain as an organ. Yeah. And because I struggled with my faith or had adverse religious experiences in my childhood and upbringing, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that that's why I struggle with my mental health. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's that's where the give it to God crowd or you're being attacked by the devil crowd or you know, it's the devil trying to get you. I just have no more patience for any of that because we know better now. Yeah. You know? 
do. I know there's a lot of people in this country, especially that are going through, you know, something similar, uh, especially in the age of the internet where you can really do a lot of searching and finding scholars and knowledgeable people that are talking about a lot of things and a lot and leaving a lot of question marks. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give people whose partners are deconstructing? Oh, advice. I would say actually listen to what they're saying. Mm. They're going through something profound and all they need is something, someone to just listen to them. That is often what we need is a listening ear, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, and like, like people like some people listen waiting on their turn to speak. And then, you know, so, some people actually listen with an open mind, you know, like yeah. actively listen. And that's something that I've tried to get better at. Like I realize I've struggled at sometimes. It's like, uh, you know, the last really honestly five years or so. Yeah. Really tried to actively listen more. Yeah. And I, that I would say that to be open minded. Mm. Don't think about what you know. What you think is right the right answer like what do we all really know in this life and you know that quote what do you know that you haven't been taught or told wow yes I love that <laughs> that is like one of my favorite all-time quotes yeah yeah I love that one um, it's like most of what we know is what we've heard yeah it really is if you think about it yeah. Like, what have we come up on our own that's actually <laughs> just the truth, yeah. real? Another thing that I would tell people is um, just you know, just the don't fear change. Like, who cares what's normal or what we're used to? It's okay to be different. It's okay to change your point of view, your way of thinking. It's it, it's good for you. It's okay to design your life the way you want to design your yeah. life with the people you want to design it with. Yeah, I believe that. Um, another thing hmm, I would say to understand that we are two different human beings. Mm. Like, we don't have to think the same way. It's okay. Uh, we should all have our opinions on things. We should just be open and understanding, accepting each other as as we are. Um, Which doesn't mean we have to agree with each other, but you can accept people without agreeing. Yes, I, yeah, I think I think we can. And life is already hard, and I think we should, you know, just like you said, accept. You know what they're going through and love them the way they need to be loved. Mm. It's so no. important. Mm -hmm. Acceptance is such a part of love, isn't it? It is. I can even think about with our kids uh, being accepted, being heard. You know, a lot of times being accepted is being heard. Yeah. You know, and that's the way people will feel like you love them and you care about them. It's fascinating stuff. Yeah, the. The love just comes automatically, I think, when you accept. Here we are back at love again. <laughs> it's in the air. Yeah. What are some uh, 
Last thing, what are some of the best things that have come from like our deconstruction and this journey together? And there's been highs and there's been lows. We are definitely not the perfect couple. We are, we've been through the roller coaster just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow we're still together. Still kicking. Yeah. So what are some of the best things that have come from this on this kind of like learning adventure blank slate mentality life i think for me personally it's it forced me or pushed me to think for myself figure out what what i believe in what i believe to be true Mm. and um and i appreciate you for that for for pushing me to be better. Um, <laughs> We're all better when we find ourselves. I th- yes, yes, I agree. And um, I think that we became better communicators. Mm. There's definitely no doubt about that. As yeah. many uh, uh, yeah. conversations as we had around touchy subjects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely no doubt about that. You know, with with being a better communicator you know comes like a lot more intimacy in the relationship you know like real conversation yeah it's not just the oh I love you and you're my best friend it's all like deep dark the dirty conversations that we have (laughs) we have to talk about they're not all dark no no We, we laugh more than we yeah. <laughs> it's just not a house of small talk when anybody w- doesn't want a small talk. Yeah. Oh, small talk. It's so. Oh. It's for the birds. For the birds. <sighs> well, Abby, thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, and I know that somebody's going to be encouraged by what you said and the strength that you show. Oh, and I hope so. I'm glad that you accept my imperfection and shadow and everything else that comes with it oh well thank you for accepting me (laughs) i love you (laughs) i love you joshua that was abby lee and i'm josh t and you're listening to institutionalized living after deconstruction